You are now listening to Well-Fed Women, the show that's been radically changing the way women perceive health, fitness, and their bodies since 2015. I'm your host, Noelle Tarr. Submit your questions to wellfedwomen at gmail.com, and you can keep up with the show on Instagram at wellfedwomen. Welcome to the Well-Fed Women Podcast. This is episode number 420. We are so happy that you are here with us this week. I am your host, Noelle Tarr. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and a certified personal trainer. My website is coconutsandkettlebells.com. There you'll find a ton of recipes and articles and workouts and the show notes for all the episodes of this podcast. And today I'm here with my co-host, Stephanie Ruper, author of Sexy by Nature and founder of healthtoempower.com. We have We also co-author a book together called Coconuts and Kettlebells. Today, our topics will include, by special request, heavy metals in dark chocolate. Many of you have questions about this. I did as well. It's a big thing that happened, I'd say, about two months ago. So we're going to talk about that, lead and cadmium in particular, nutrition and metabolism postpartum after not being able to eat much during pregnancy, and we'll finish it out with a little bit of magnesium and the brain. So big news after many uh, years, uh, months, I don't know, episodes talking about Steph um, being in France. She's now in a new city. <laughs> she's changing it up. She's changing it up, moving moving um, after a short period of time. And now you're in Oxford. So welcome, Steph, from the uh, from the UK. Thank you. It is a old, new, new, old city. I have. <laughs> I have coming on from Oxford a, a handful of times uh, throughout the recording of this podcast, uh, and I landed here last week, and I am so excited. I'm so excited. Um, it's great. I'm so Good. excited. Good. You're. I mean, changes happen all over. I just, I just had to look up your profile for Instagram because I was sending you the link, and I was like, oh, it's like all new profile things. Like you just. <laughs> You're just changing and morphing, growing um, <laughs> pro- uh, profile descriptions. So speaking of Instagram, a few weeks ago, you had mentioned that you had a very um, pretty terrifying encounter. I'm looking at your new glasses, and I actually think they look – you look stunning. I I don't know if it's because you're happy because you're in Oxford, but you truly do. Like, I'm just staring at your face. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. You think I'm <laughs> saying this for the – I'm not – you do. You look like you kind of look like you're glowing. Maybe because you're happy. Well, I, your, your glasses wait. are beautiful. So I like um, I, I I did um, use highlighter in the corner of my eyes and I have gold eyeshadow on. So that might oh. be why I look glowy. Ooh, OK, well, it enhances the glow. I will say highlighter changes lives. Um, so that's part of it, but I do love your glasses. I really do. So, so so talk to me about the reason that you had to get new glasses. You opened up about, um, being assaulted in the middle of the night, trying to get to, I believe you were flying to Oxford, correct? In France. Um, so I know you want to talk a little bit more about that and I need to know more about it because all I really did was we chatted via DM on Instagram, but yeah. So how are you doing after that? And then, you know, what happened for people maybe who didn't hear? Right. So, um, yeah, you'll see me adjusting my glasses a lot. These are, these are bigger than my old frame. So they're heavy and they keep falling to my nose and they're <laughs> in my head and I'm adjusting them, um, a lot, so, but I do, um, I appreciate that. Um, losing, losing my glasses, um, did, did sadden me. Those, I wore those glasses for many years. 
Um, my mother and I had the same glasses. Um, I actually just found a, I had a spare pair and I thought they were lost, but I actually just found them. So, um, but it's, it's really good to have the feedback about these. So thank you. Uh, it was, yeah. So I was attacked by two strange men, wild, like just wild, um, wild. nuts, crazy, you know, choose your like incredulous insert, incredulous adjective here. Yeah. Um, it was two weeks ago this morning, I suppose, or late last night, um, two weeks ago, I was walking to the train station alone around 3.45 in the morning. Um, and there's just the streets were deserted. And I lived just 15 minutes from the train station and uh, was walking through a neighborhood that, well, anyway, I was walking through a neighborhood. <laughs> and uh, yeah, two young guys came up to me and they they were speaking in French and I had my earbuds in, not playing music. They were just sitting in my ears. Um, and I was just kind of like dis dismissively and aggressively like, no, whatever you're talking to me about, no, whatever yeah. you have to say to me at this time of day alone on a deserted street, no. And I just like, I said that outright, like immediately out of the gate. I was like, no, drop that barrier. Like, no. <laughs> An assertive no. Um, and uh, very quick trigger warning for assault <laughs> moving <laughs> forward. Um, and, uh, and, and and I guess specifically gender based um, because I, I don't know if I would have been attacked if I were, were a man. Um, Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely not in this way. So um, some details, uh, overview of details. Um, they did uh, try to mace me. I protected my eyes and then they tried to chloroform me and I protected my nose um, and was pushed to the ground. Um, and I fought back immediately. And it, like the it's it's really funny because, um, you know, people say you don't really know how you're going to act in such situations until you're in them. And I now know like, oh, I'm a fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm a fight. And um I, uh, yeah, I hit them back and then they grabbed and they tore up my jewelry and, and, uh, tore, tore it. Um, one of my necklaces, but this, yeah, this one survived, mm -hmm. um, and grabbed my suitcases and tried to run. Um, and they were so heavy that they couldn't really, and I was yelling at them. Like I was yelling loudly and I was yelling at them about like how I was going to like beat them up. You know, I used a lot of curse words and, um, and then they, they couldn't. So they like dropped my suitcases and ran around the corner and like regrouped. And then kind of like, I started collecting my stuff and they, they like kind of like lurked back. And I was like, Oh no, you don't. <laughs> like I will end you <laughs> <laughs> like yelling, you know, yeah. and terrified because I mean, you know, there, there's a lot of levels here. Like physical assault is terrifying and horrible. And also like my entire life is in those two suitcases, my passport, which I was trying to use to get to the UK to like follow my dream to return mm -hmm. to Oxford, like um, my computer, my like everything. I'm like, I can't, I can't lose that stuff. Like I will fight. Mm -hmm. I will do everything I have to, to keep that stuff and to obviously be safe. Um and then when they went back around the corner, I grabbed my suitcases and I retraced my steps a little bit and booked it to a main street. I found nobody, nobody crazy. 
Um, and I ran. I ran with these two suitcases that these two men independently, like maybe could have run with for a little bit, you know, but decide, you know, put them down, you know, dropped them. Um, one was a like a big wheelie and the other was a my small wheelie, just my wheelie. Um, <laughs> Noelle and I had this whole thing about like me and my transitioning to a wheelie suitcase, like, yeah. you know, praise my transition to a wheelie suitcase and my 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 wheelie suitcase had a big um big tote bag on it um got it yeah so then I ran with both of them like kind of like behind me like a wheelie Mm -hmm. um and I made it I made it to the train station where there were some like there was some construction going on and then I yeah and and got on the train and got on the plane and was just like what (laughs) wow what um so lucky and like so 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 lucky um also you know I I think I think there's two very very big components to like how I handled that moment one is like my strength training which gave me physical strength like Mm -hmm. the physical strength importantly to like hit them enough to make them realize that, you know, I'm a, I'm a little woman. I meet mm-hmm. people a lot and they're like, Oh, I thought you were going to be taller. Oh no, yeah. I'm quite little, <laughs> you know? Yes. <laughs> My mom's like, you know, here are these two guys, you know, they like come to, I have a big coat on. They can't really tell like, you know, when I'm just walking down the street and they think they're going to be able to like terrorize me. And I just come out like a feral cat, you know? That's what I keep saying to people. They're like, Oh, like, are you okay? I'm like, I am a feral cat, you know, or badger or something. And I come out swinging, you know, and I can, and I can hit them. And, and then like, really importantly, I was, I was able to run with those suitcases, mm-hmm. you know, um, they were so, I can't even, they're, they're, they're very heavy. So um, that was, that was so important. So like the physical strength mattered, the confidence in my physical strength mattered, you know, mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, do you have any idea how many pushups I did today? I had done strength training twice that day. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> so, do you know who you're messing with? Like, I will end you. <laughs> Okay, I have a question. Were yeah. you saying this to them yes. in French? No, English. Okay, it, so they definitely. Understood. Yeah, like you know, in a, in a circumstance in which I, um, yeah, that's a great question. And um, they had no idea what I was saying. Probably, um, they might have, but in circumstances like that, like I need to think to speak French. Like, I was yeah, not, yeah, I was just saying the most like aggressive things that could come to mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so like, so there was like my physical strength, the confidence that strength training gave me, like I knew, I know that I'm, I know that I'm physically tough. Yeah. Um, and third and finally is the habit that I have given myself progressively over, you know, the many, many years of having that firm boundary. And I'm just, I'm so grateful, you know, like sometimes Sometimes when people like talk to me in the streets, I like talk back and I'm like, do not talk to me like that, you know? Yeah. And, and that gave me the habit and the instinct to, to be not just defensive, but offensive in this instance, Yeah. you know? Um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful that, that, that I have that experience and that I, had the opportunity or, or enculturated myself to, to be, to, to have that kind of, you know, mm-hmm. so anyway, so I'm, I'm, 
I've, I talked about it on Instagram and I'm very happy to like keep talking about it. You know, it's, it's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, traumatic things happen and they can sit with you and, and intersect with your various previous experiences in so many different ways. And, you know, we all are impacted by various traumas in different ways. Um, I'm very fortunate and um, I'm fine. I'm good, you know, and I'm very happy to be, and I want to be talking about it because if I can, you know, I'm not going to like shame anybody into exercising, but if I can inspire anybody into exercising, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. if the, yeah, I'm not saying like you have to do anything. That's not, that's not what I'm interested in. Um, yeah. But don't, how about this? Don't discourage people from <laughs> women, from weightlifting, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm a hundred percent with you on that. I, I, once you said you're like, I, I was my strength training. That's what got me through. Um, a hundred percent believe it. And I love that you had set boundaries. You know, you knew your boundaries beforehand and you knew how to be aggressive because a lot of times there is that stigma that, especially with you being shorter, um, that women won't fight back or that, you know, they're fragile. They thought they could prey on you and they, they found out much differently. So yeah, they um, really did. And I was like, let me show you. <laughs> so of course I am thrilled that you are okay. And that, um, you strength train and do all the things. Um, and that you're, it seems like you're doing better after that. You're like, I'm fine. <laughs> those, those, those strange men, not so much. Yeah. You know, I definitely, like, I definitely carried like my, there was like a huge adrenaline up and down and yeah, um, I definitely carried, like, I felt heavier, you know, for, for, for just like emotionally, like heavier and more emotionally tired for a few days. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I spend my whole life thinking about like, my job as a philosopher is thinking about like evil. So, you know, I'm not like freshly aware that it exists, although it does like sit with me a little bit more like lived you know, like mm -hmm. it's more like an experience that I have gone through. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I'm so lucky and I'm inspired to help, you know, to fight. They ended up ripping your glasses off your face, correct? And then they took Great those question. or they just shattered No, them? no. So I, um, they were in my tote bag and they fell out at some point. Oh. Um, when, when they grabbed the suitcases and were running with them or something. I don't know. They're just gone. Um, it's actually, it's um, a little odd, um, providential perhaps, that um, I almost never wear my contacts unless I have to. Like I wear them to dance, but rarely otherwise. And I had left them in until I got to the train. But it's very interesting because if I had had my glasses, like I lost them, but if I had had my glasses on, I'm I might not have been as well equipped to fight because if, if I lost, if they were taken off my face, mm -hmm. like my, my prescription is very bad. I'm, you know, a negative eight and a half. So like, I can't see. Mm. So I'm, I'm so, so, so lucky that I had my contacts in. Yeah. Um, and it's unusual because I normally don't wear my contacts unless I have to. So mm. yeah. yeah, I was, I was very lucky and I, I had to lose my glasses and, and replace them, but um, I ended up finding like a fantastically skilled and compassionate optician in London who does same day high prescription glasses, which is just like, I could not stop telling him <laughs> what, what a lifesaver he is. Cause it's so important. Like if you can't see, you can't see it's so yeah. important, you yeah. know, it's, oh, and, totally. and so, yeah, I'm telling all my friends, <laughs> Opti -sheet, 
Opti Chic. Go to Opti Chic if you live in the UK. <laughs> um, I love that. Yeah. Opti so anyway, so that, that was my experience, you know, and fortunately I had so much interaction with, you know, loving, awesome, hospitable people mm-hmm. in, in England lined up when I got here and stuff going on. You know, I've got yeah. so much going on that I care about. And I'm so excited about that. I'm just like, I'm just doing it, you know? Yeah. Here we go. So yeah, here I am. <laughs> so even after that, you are quite, you are glowing with your highlighter and your new glasses and all the things. So um, thank you. <laughs> the takeaway <laughs> is be a feral cat and, and strength drain. <laughs> That's my new, that's my new favorite animal. It's the feral cat. Oh, really? Not the okay. do- well, I don't know. I just said that, you know, I'm team. <laughs> no more sloths. We're not doing the sloths. <laughs> They're in the um, Okay. It's so we, place. we have some, we have some fun topics to get to today. I will. Um, I don't know if I've told you this stuff. I will do a quick, I'll say a quick update. Uh, a lot of you know that I've been trying to get, um, a mineral uh, supplement company off the ground company, uh, like, you know, a product. I just want to make kids magnesium. And um, I've been talking a lot about lysinate, lysinate. And um, we we are going to talk about magnesium at the end of this um, episode very quickly. But I have fallen in love with a specific type called lysinate, lysinate for my um, kids. And so I'm trying to actually get that into a drop. However, it's just, it takes a long time to formulate and actually to get it, um, to not have a flavor, not have a taste. That's kind of the the problem that we've been hung up on with the developer that I've been working with. So anyway, it is moving along. I really appreciate everybody's been very supportive and kind and like, I can't wait for you to get this off the ground. And um, me too. But it's just <laughs> going to take longer than I expected. I did settle on. I had a, I had a struggle with um, coming up with a name that I felt like I was attached to. I um, was going to do well and mighty, but then decided... I didn't, it it felt very kid centric and um, I have an idea. I, I have a couple other ideas like, you know, I'll talk about them later um, for like adult specific mineral supplements. I'd really like to, well, I don't want to give away things um, or say things that I can't actually accomplish, but um, so it felt a little limiting. So what I ended up doing was trying to figure out how I could mesh minerals with well, since the well-fed women podcast is obviously very close to my heart and um, kind of the longest running thing that I've ever done in my life and, um, you know, a strong business model. And I love this community. So I paired uh, well with minerals and it's just called well minerals. So we, it wasn't, thank the Lord, it was not trademarked. And I love it. I think it's a fantastic name. Okay, good. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, I, it's not trademarked. And so we're working on that. So hopefully I don't have to go back on that, but, um, I love it. I think I think it's really a beautiful meld of things I'm already working on and things I want to work on. And I've been working on some concept and um sort of like a wave is is the icon that I've been working on which I love. Um of course, the beach and the waves and all the things because actually trace minerals is, you know, it's in our water and um it's a really good source of minerals. So anyway, went with the waves. So that's where we're at right now. And I will try to update everybody as, as things come along, but it, it will take a little bit of time. So um, I'm glad you love it. I think it's, yeah, I think it's, I think it's great. Let's, uh, let's talk about, let's, talk, let's have some conversations about brand strategy. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. I'm so excited. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah. 
that's a whole other topic. Do you need to talk? What, what are you, wait, are you talking about brand? Are you doing more things with branding? No, I just, I love the idea of, well, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've talked about branding for like hours and hours on end. Um, excited. I'm just excited. I'm, um, I think it's great. I love this extension. I love this extension of your brand. The extension, the, yeah. The, the mineral extension. <laughs> to use corporate, to use lingo, I, I uh, learned it at Harvard. Um, yeah. You're such an academic. Okay. Yep. <laughs> nice little face there. If you're looking for an easy way to supplement with minerals, I have a free eight pack of electrolytes for you to grab. So listen up. One of my favorite ways to replace minerals is with Element. I started supplementing with Element after workouts and it made a huge difference in my energy and the dizziness I used to experience post-workout. Now I use it just about every day. Whether I'm feeling a bit groggy or tired, and especially when I'm sick and fighting a cold, I drink Element. Element makes grab-and-go electrolyte replacement packs. Electrolytes are minerals in your blood and other body fluids that carry an electric charge. Your cells use electrolytes to do a plethora of things, including creating energy, helping muscles contract, and balancing fluid inside and outside of cells. This is why hydrating with just water is largely inefficient because your body needs electrolytes for that water to be properly absorbed into cells. Stress and sickness deplete minerals and electrolytes, and you lose them when you sweat and go to the bathroom, so supplementation is key. Deficiencies show up as dizziness, muscle cramps, headaches, fatigue, and sleep disturbances. Element has no sugar, gluten fillers, or artificial ingredients. You just tear open a pack, pour, and stir it with water. It's also great for kids. My kids love it, and they sip on on it when they're sick, like right now. Right now, everyone, including new and current customers, can get a free eight pack of Element with any order. Element comes in boxes of 30. There is free shipping on all orders. And now all orders will get a free eight pack, which has all the flavors of Element. To get it, go to drinklmnt.com forward slash wellfed and make sure to use the code wellfed to get your free sample eight pack. Again, that's drinklmnt.com forward slash wellfed. Let's talk about chocolate. I don't know if you saw this. Steph, I did try to link to the consumer reports. Okay, this is going to be good information for you. I see the link, yeah. Let's give the background. Okay, so this question number one is from Nikki. She says, can you talk about heavy metals and dark chocolate? Do we need to worry? What happened was I have all these links up, so this might be a little bit more of a slower unpacking because there's a lot of aspects to this, and I spent some hours yesterday really diving deeper, even though I saw it when it was all being discussed and talked about and all the things, but... I needed to dive a little deeper, and there's also been some things happening since then. So Consumer Reports, we will link to this um, review that they posted in the show notes. Essentially, what they did was they posted on Instagram some pictures of dark chocolate bars and said, we found dangerous heavy metals in chocolate from Hershey's and Theo and Trader Joe's and other really popular brands like Green and Black and, oh, uh, Hugh Kitchen, like all these brands that a lot of us consume. And they also talked about the ones that are safer. So let me start by saying, I think, so it's been well known. This is not something new. This is not like a new, oh my gosh, there's heavy metals in chocolate. It has been something that's been well known in the industry that chocolate is typically 
at a higher risk for becoming contaminated with lead and cadmium. So it's not, there's a lot of comments on the Instagram post. People are like, why are they mixing in lead? And that's not necessarily what's happening. What's happening is where Hershey's or Traders gets their raw materials from, their cacao, their, you know, even sometimes their sugar, essentially it has to do with how those raw materials are grown. So where the chocolate or cacao is grown and then how it's processed. So one of the common ways that chocolate can become contaminated is it's grown in soil that has lead in it. Leaded gasoline is still used in many of the countries where chocolate ingredients are grown. And it's also used in its farm equipment. So we have seen or it's it's perfectly legal, for example, for leaded paint and leaded gasoline to be used on, let's say, like farm equipment, tractors, that sort of thing. Um, and what they have found even in some of the research is that the husk of the cocoa bean can easily absorb lead. So it's like it attracts it. So even though the actual beans aren't necessarily contaminated with a lot of lead, it's the husk or the thing that surrounds it that absorbs the lead from the gasoline fumes. And it can actually absorb the lead from paint that's on containers or on farm equipment. I found a study, which, again, I will link to this in the show notes. Let me bring it up. It says lead in cocoa products. Where does the contamination come from? This was done all the way back in 2005, which pains me to say this. It's almost two decades ago now. (laughs) Like It's a long time. But, you know, these things move slowly. So this study is like, okay, manufacturers of cocoa products, they know that there's a high lead contamination. You know, we don't know where in order for us to solve this problem, we have to figure out where is it coming from. So that's kind of what this study looked at. And a lot of different councils have looked at, you know, unpacking this a little bit more. What they found, and this is me reading for um In quotations, it said the lead concentrations for cocoa beans ranged from less than 0.103 to 0.78 nanograms per gram, averaging, they gave an average, among the lowest lead concentrations reported for any food. The cocoa bean shells all had extremely similar isotopic composition, indicating a singular source of contamination, perhaps leaded uh, gasoline. The authors concluded that although the soil may have caused a small degree of contamination, the narrow range of of composition in the shells suggested that there's a more singular source of contamination was the true culprit. The team also compared the cocoa beans with finished cocoa products and found much higher lead contam- concentrations and greater variability among the finished products. So one of the things that I've talked about a lot, maybe not a lot, but have touched on a few, just a few points here or there, especially when we're talking about skincare products or, or anything that has to be, we we take raw materials and then we we get these raw materials from all these different sources. Then we bring them together and we process them and we make a new end product. You you know, you can get your raw material. Your raw, you need to test, obviously, your raw materials for contamination, whether that's BPA because it was carried in a, in a plastic bag that was made of BPA or whether that's lead because it was grown in a soil that had lead. You need to test your raw materials. A lot of people do that. Some people don't. A lot. What you'll hear, hear from manufacturers or you'll hear from skincare companies is, oh, yes, we only buy from suppliers who give us test results saying, this does not have unreasonable levels of lead. 
Okay. So that's what most people say. Oh yeah, we, we do. We don't, we test for heavy metals. Well, they don't actually test. It's they're buying from suppliers who test. Then you have this whole other side of it, which is not talked about and is not regulated, which is a product has to be processed. And we're not talking like, so we're not just talking about the processing equipment. We're also talking about like the shipping containers that it was in, which by the way, shipping containers, it's totally legal for shipping containers to be painted in lead-based paint and cadmium-based paint. So that's one of the places that they found was a lot of the contamination for chocolate. And, um, you know, sorting, stirring, all of those things, things that are both done on the small farms or the farms where the cocoa is extracted. And then on our side too, or wherever, you know, that plant is, those are more sources of contamination. So this is true for not just chocolate. It's true for a lot of things. But for some reason, chocolate seems to be one of the highest sources in terms of like contamination for lead it's known to be really high. And that's only grown over the years. Like, even though we have this knowledge, it's just getting worse, which is um, uh, alarming. So I will say this. After doing a little bit of research, I found that um, raw materials like the cocoa beans aren't tested for contamination when they are imported. They may be at random. So that means, oh, we're going to test one of 4,000 batches. So raw materials are not tested. And end products certainly aren't tested because it's not required by law. So it's not the Trader Joe's. It's not that I don't think Q Kitchen's doing anything wrong. I think that they're trying to do the best they can. They're trying to get their, they know people like chocolate. They want to make chocolate. So they're trying to get the raw materials from, you know, fair trade and smaller family farms, which, by the way, could potentially lead to higher risks of contamination because usually it's like secondhand equipment or whatever. And then they're tr- they're making the product. It's not necessarily even that there's lead in the in their processing plants or where they're buying the chocolate from. It could be the shipping containers and all of those things. So I do, th- you know, the chocolate industry has been, you know, or, or so this is said. I don't know if I believe it. Chocolate industry has been grappling with with ways to lower those levels. And so Consumer Reports scientists recently measured the amount of heavy metals in 28 dark chocolate bars. They detected lead and cadmium in all of them. Now, would I like chocolate that didn't have any contamination? Yes. It's not super realistic because if you, if anything is grown by somebody else or is processed in a processing center by somebody else, the chances are it's, it's going to be contaminated. And there's a contamination risk with, every, with with everything we consume and touch and breathe and use. Um, so I think we just have to be smart about it and make the appropriate choices and all the things. I will bring uh, here, I'll bring up the um, the chocolate bars. So, oh gosh, high in cadmium was lint, equal exchange, beyond good, alter ego, dove, high in lead was Tony's and Lily's and Godiva and lint and Hugh and Trader Joe's. And then high in both, which was pretty high. The highest levels of cadmium was actually found in, a. oh no, it was Hershey's. Yeah. Hershey's and Trader Joe's had the highest levels of cadmium. Theo, Lily's were very high in lead and cadmium. And you can actually see the exact measurements and the percentages and all the things. So is it alarming? Am I alarmed? A little bit. Yeah, I am. Um, 
I have a couple things that we can like here, here's here's how I take this or here's what I do with this information. I see that Trader Joe's has a like higher cadmium and lead content than other chocolates. I'm probably going to be a little bit more intentional with the chocolate that I buy. They did have some lists of um chocolate that is tested lower. One of the brands was Mast, which I've never heard of. One of them is Taza, which I am actually sending my husband to get that today. I was like, just go ahead and pick up some Taza. Um, I love, I love Taza. It's a, it's a great dark chocolate. Um, uh, and it, honestly, it's not, it's not organic, fair trade. All that's better. It's actually where people are importing the chocolate from. So it's more about the sourcing. I mean, obviously, if you can support more local chocolate makers um, that aren't importing a bunch of stuff, it's something you're going to have to, you know, ask and talk about. Less process is better. So raw cacao or organic cacao as opposed to cocoa beans. Um, And then I've already tried to start emailing a few companies (laughs) which has been interesting. But let me first let me tell you what to do and then we'll talk about the lawsuit that's happening and then I'll talk about the brand that I'm going to use. Okay, what to do. Avoid brands that say they are fair trade from overseas and use small family farms. Now look, I'm a fan of small family farms. I love small. I love sustainability. I love all the things. The problem with that is usually they're putting, it's usually a marketing term and they're using these smaller plants, secondhand equipment, lead-based paints, all the things that are not, this is just less regulation overall. Um, typically, you know, it could have cadmium-based coating, like like uh, platings and stuff like that. Um, look for less processed ingredients. I just said that, raw cacao, organic cacao, organic and local when possible. Um, and then find out if brands test end products for contamination. So one of the brands that I really love that was not included on any of the lists, so I don't know, um, it's called Evolved. It's I can't remember what they have as their logo. Evolved, I, and I here comes here comes my search popping up. It's like you you searched Evolved chocolate testing for lead. Um, Evolved is a brand that I Evolved chocolate. I think it used to be called Evolved Foods, but now they're just Evolved. I did reach out to them personally. I looked up uh, some things they have frequently asked questions, and. What was their logo? It used to be like a monkey or something or like a, oh man, I can't remember. It was a dog. I don't know. It was a cute little icon on the front. I can't remember. Um, anyway, they have an amazing dark chocolate that I've been really enjoying. And so I asked, um, I went to their website. I started going to certain dark chocolate brands websites and looking to see if they talked about the testing that they did for any contaminants. Now, again, this is not required by law. You do like there is the FDA does not require manufacturers when it comes to skincare or when it comes to chocolate for them to prove that their chocolate is low in lead and cadmium or is safe. Obviously, we just saw this with the Consumer Reports article. So I went to Evolved. I looked at their frequently asked questions. Sure enough, they actually have something about it. And they said they do test and they make sure that they're well below the limits. Um, So if they are doing their own additional, and I emailed them and I asked, um, I haven't heard back yet, but they've, I reached out to them on Instagram and I said, hey, are you, just want to make sure that I'm reading this correctly. Like you do testing after the fact. And they said, it's actually very important to us. We know what's going on. Please email us. We'll give you more details. Because I was like, do you publish this information anywhere? A lot of times they don't. But Evolved is one of the only brands that I could find that actually says 
we understand that there can be contamination, lead or cadmium in chocolate. So we are testing our finished final products. I hope that's the case. I will confirm. Um, I'm not going to dog any other companies that do not do this because I went to some other websites of chocolate that I purchased and there was nothing about it. And in fact, they were like, oh, no, it's not necessary that, you know, that article, it did not really mean anything. It's kind of it's kind of being um, what's the word over like over exaggerated, blah, blah, blah. It's not really an issue when it kind of is an issue. Like these are the levels that have been set by the FDA, which, you know, levels that have been set by the FDA, which I, I think they're probably already too high. <laughs> and um, the, the contamination has exceeded that those levels in these chocolate bars that are on the shelves. So I think it's something that we should take seriously. Um, we should look into that. If you can purchase the chocolate, if you're a regular chocolate eater like myself at 3 p.m., that's what I do. Probably look at some of the brands that test lower and or reach out to your brand and ask if they do any testing of finished products so that then they can see where did the contamination come from? Is it in our processing plant? Is it from the raw materials? Where can we find out what's going on and how can we shift and change so that that doesn't continue to happen? That's what I'm doing moving forward. Um, any thoughts from you, Steph, on the chocolate? Do you even eat chocolate? No, I get headaches. <laughs> um. <laughs> I get headaches, but since I've been doing all that, um, since I've been doing mouthwash and since I've cut back on my uh, leafy greens, I think it's been a little bit better because I, I, I told y'all that I was doing that. So we'll see. Yeah. And also my glasses prescription changed. And I think that that's um, anyway, so um, I may be able to, I may be able to have some more chocolate moving forward. <laughs> um, I think this is a super cool and you're just you know how proactive you're being about this and data driven um yeah i don't i don't really have anything to say other than that i think it's i think it's super cool what you're doing well i think it's cool that consumer reports did it i do believe that they you know they're just like cool let's i mean who's going to like get their own you can you can get your own chocolate tested if you really want to know you can find labs mm -hmm. to do that but i do I do find it helpful that Consumer Reports is doing stuff like this to kind of raise awareness. What is happening now? When did this happen? Very end of 2022, December 29th, Hershey is now being sued over chocolate containing heavy metals. So this is what this is the new era, era which is kind of, I don't know. It's a class action um, lawsuit filed on Wednesday. He said he would not have bought or would have paid less for Hershey's special dark, mildly sweet chocolate, Lily's extra dark chocolate, and Lily's extreme dark chocolate had Hershey's disclosed their metal content. So it's an ongoing thing that's happening, but uh, the lawsuit seeks um, at least $5 million of damages, including at least $500 per transaction under New York law. That's a lot. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's because it's, it, it's because of this consumer reports information that this guy filed a lawsuit. So, yeah. I don't know. Are people going to say this is not a big deal? They're going to try to quiet it? Probably. Um, but the information's out there, so you can do what you want with it now. Okay, question number two is from Elizabeth. She says, nutrition and metabolism postpartum. I was nauseous and lost weight the first six months of pregnancy, and my body got used to very little food. It's still difficult to eat. What can I do postpartum to get back to nourishing my body appropriately when my appetite is still low? I'm also thinking about my milk supply. 
Um, and I will be honest, Steph, we get these questions quite a bit, which is, mm-hmm. I'm struggling with my appetite. I know I need to eat more. I know I need more nutrients, um, but I don't know how to do that. So. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very, it's very interesting because the, you know, you say your body got used to eating less in, in some ways, sure, but your caloric needs have definitely not decreased. Right. Uh, I mean, your, your thyroid hormone levels can drop, which can then, I guess, in some ways, you know, that, that can decrease your uh, caloric demands, but not significantly in that your body still needs it would be ideal if, if, if it were getting more right. Um, if your thyroid levels were higher and, and that sort of thing. Um, and so it is definitely like an issue with appetite, you know, and I would point to neurochemistry and also there's a ton of, uh, appetite signaling in communication between the gut and the brain, right? So it's not isolated to the brain and the neurotransmitters in the brain are also in the gut and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it's very, very deeply interconnected, you know, and it's about your body's response to hormones such as leptin and ghrelin, it's production of them, it's response to them. And then of course, uh, the dopamine that, that you have in, in reaction to them and, um, I would loosely put forward, you know, hypothetically that, you know, going through nausea and going through all these hormonal changes throughout pregnancy and postpartum and, you know, postpartum people do see like really big swings or, or crashes in, in neurotransmitters that, you know, this is why there's postpartum depression and, and people can swing low. Right. Uh, and appetite is, uh, is a part of that. Um, appetite is, is a yoked to these feedback loops in terms of satisfaction and reward and energy and stuff in the brain. So anyway, what do you, what do you do about all of that? Um, I personally think, um, strategically, if you're trying to figure out how to get your appetite back up and running, uh, to like, if you want to be craving more, I eat the most, Noel, here we go, hyperpalatable, <laughs> hyperpalatable, hyperpalatable. I honestly have no idea which one it is. Eat the foods that have the greatest, tastiest combination of sugar, fat, and salt that you can find, period. Um, could Because reward kind of um, plays with that system like it, it could it could jump start that system in a sense because when you have things that are super super tasty your body's like ooh, ooh, ooh let's go let's have some more of these <laughs> generally speaking i mean that's that's um how it tends to work and so uh i would i would lean into those i would lean into those and i would see if that can sort of like jump start you know kind of like a car like jump start that that system mm-hmm. um and uh, of course, there's so much to supporting hormonal and neurotransmitter health and gut health, right? So um, coming at, at all of those things, you know, doing what you can to support um, a healthy gut, <laughs> to reduce inflammation, uh, and to um, stress is obviously also huge in this huge in this, you know, Noel and I, every once in a while, we like uncover a bit of literature where we're like, wow, stress is enormous. And I'm doing that right now in this like totally other thing that I'm researching and it's a tangent and I won't get into it, but like stress is huge, you know, and sleep is huge. And, 
you know, you, you do with those what you can <laughs> prioritize taking care of yourself, you know, as, as much as you can. Um, so I guess like, yeah, I'll leave it at that. I'm interested to hear what Noel has to say. If you are merely trying to exist in the modern world, you likely deal with anxiety, stress, and maybe sleep issues on a semi-regular basis. And one of the things that's not talked about often that can help support stress and anxiety is magnesium. Many people understand that magnesium helps sleep, but the body needs magnesium for so much more than that. Magnesium is involved in 80% of the body's metabolic reactions, and about 75% of people are not getting enough magnesium, especially women, because stress burns through magnesium. One critical thing that you can do today to support your adrenals, hormones, and mental health is to take a compound magnesium supplement like Magnesium Breakthrough. Stress and anxiety deplete your magnesium levels, and low magnesium actually contributes to more stress on the body, so it's a vicious cycle. By supplementing with Magnesium Breakthrough, you can break that cycle because you'll be getting seven unique forms of full-spectrum magnesium for stress relief and better sleep all in one bottle. I have been taking two every night before bed for many years, and it's one of the only nutrients that is an absolute must for me daily. For our exclusive offer, go to magbreakthrough.com forward slash wellfed10 and use the code wellfed10 to save 10%. For any reason you don't love it, you can get a full refund for up to a year after your purchase. And for a limited time, if you buy three bottles, you can get exciting gifts with purchase like blue light blocking glasses and more. Again, that's magbreakthrough.com forward slash wellfed10. Use the code wellfed10 to get 10% off. It's, it, it's very common. Pregnancy is tough. It does do a number on your appetite. You feel more nauseous. You can it, it, there's something sitting there near your stomach like that just it's just not super comfortable to eat. I remember it, I struggled because I, I dealt with the nause, nausea and stuff, but I, I think I struggled, too, just because food didn't feel as satisfying. It didn't feel as like it didn't sit right. And that can really kind of mess with your appetite signaling and all of that. I will say I wouldn't stress too much about it because when you do have a baby and you are breastfeeding, like the demand does increase and it kind of sometimes it feels like you just never can get full enough um, or you don't have the time to get full enough. So so leave some space for that. I wouldn't like, you know let go of any anxieties or worry about worries about that because things change once you finally have that human that is inside of you sitting on your organs and your stomach not in there anymore like it just normal things happen hormones are going to change so that's all you know it's it's going to influence you i will say for from a metabolism standpoint to get your body moving again to get your metabolism moving again the best things that you can do Number one is to eat breakfast. Um, pretty clear in the research is to just eat breakfast. Um, it may not be super, you don't have to like, you know, there's a lot of trends right now. You need to eat right when you wake up. You you don't actually, it's not evidence-based. You can eat within an hour. That's usually the best bet. Um, within an hour, sometimes maybe two, maybe you get up and you go outside and you see the sunshine and you go for a walk and you get your body moving. Um Maybe it's just a short walk, so you can kind of work on your circadian rhythms at the same time. You get your body moving and flowing, and then you can sit down and you could eat, you know, a breakfast, a big breakfast. That's going to get your your metabolism moving. It's going to get your your body kind of processing food again. You feeling better, 
um, from an evidence-based perspective, breakfast is key. Another thing, start your day with some protein. And I'm a huge believer, a big fan of a, of a protein-rich breakfast. Yes, protein is more satisfying. But from a thermogenesis perspective, uh, protein actually increases your metabolism by 15 to 30%, whereas carbohydrates only increase it by 5 to 10% and fats is 0 to 3%. That's not to say you should only be eating protein. It's just to say that Protein has this really cool effect where it is satiating, but it also actually revs up our metabolic processes and we burn calories while we're processing it. We burn calories while we're processing food to get all together. But protein, a protein-rich diet is actually one of the another evidence-based thing that really starts to rev up your metabolism a little bit more. Um I think, you know, I'm going to go back to my minerals and say I would really focus on hydration too, because that can be an underlying cause of just sluggishness, not feeling hungry, that sort of thing. So I would make sure that you're hydrating, but hydrate with minerals. So whether you're putting trace mineral drops in your water or using element, um, I would make sure that you're doing that, especially breastfeeding. I wish I had element when I was breastfeeding. I wish I had thought about trace mineral drops because it will help your body um, actually your cells absorb the water as opposed to like you just flushing lots of water through your body. Um, and then, you know, breastfeeding, you need water to make milk. So um, and then higher calorie foods when possible. So smoothies are great with coconut milk. I know they can be kind of filling, but again, if it's getting a little bit hotter, you can you can be outside. You can be maybe in, in, in the sunshine, sweating a little bit more. You can probably drink more smoothies. Um, use, use the full fat coconut milk or use coconut cream. Use a lot of coconut oil or butter if possible. Like butter is pretty easy to eat. <laughs> and um, it's nutrient rich. It's got it's got fat soluble vitamins. It's got all the things you would need for um, to make really wonderful breast milk. So butter. Um, go for high quality meats like grass-fed meat. So even though you're not like eating a ton, what I would focus on is the nutrient density of food. So that's why you've got maybe butter, a little bit of cheese, coconut milk, uh, smoothies, high quality grass-fed uh, meats. Um, drink, Try to drink some bone broth. Bone broth is actually pretty rich in protein. A lot of people don't realize that, but it's also really mineral rich. So you can drink that in the morning if you're maybe like you wake up and you're not totally ready for food yet. You can drink some um, bone broth. Dried fruit is another thing that you can just snack on and and just keep eating. Um, <laughs> then I started, I have a lull. I was like, cake and frosting, lull. Because like, it's very, frosting is like really calorically dense and it doesn't feel like you're eating a ton when you are. So make some cake and put some frosting on it and try, <laughs> try to, you know, maybe my carrot cake. Um, with some, you can use dairy-free cream cheese if you want. Cream cheese is another thing, you know? It's just like a spread, but you're like, wow, this is pretty rich in energy. Um, dairy-free dairy -free cream cheese frosting, try to make a carrot cake, something like that. And you just maybe have like little slices in the freezer and you can pull them out for, for dessert just to try to get your body to, to get a, a little bit more energy and calories while you're healing. Any other thoughts? No. Getting thumbs up. Okay. Yeah. Question number three is from Ashley. She said, here's one for you. Sometimes when I drink magnesium, it's like I can feel it hit my brain. I have almost a headache for a few minutes. Is this a real thing? 
Yes. I I'm knew excited. you would know this. I know. I knew. I was like, this is a Stephanie question. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's hypothetical. My, my, my yes is hypothetical. Um, there's, you know, to, it's, it's just based on my understanding of, of how this all works. Cause I don't even know how you would, you know, um, go, go about like d- demonstrating that, you know, for certain subject with the population yeah, yeah. studies, what have you. Um, so I think I, I, I told y'all that I was experimenting with hydration. And when I started to get a headache, I would like lick a little bit of salt and it yeah. could feel it could feel it helping like quite immediately. So, you know, when, when stuff gets into your blood, which happens very fast when, when you ingest it very fast, you know, um, especially if you like, you know, you can just in your mouth you know, or in, you know, in your stomach, it happens very fast. And once it's in your blood, it's everywhere. Right. Um, so the amount of time it takes to get from tongue to brain <laughs> It's not small. Um, and, you know, magnesium is a is an electrolyte. It's in a mineral and it's an electrolyte, which means like it's it's relevant to the electrical currents in your body, in your brain. And I've read an interesting theory about migraine headaches being imbalances in electrical currents and certain parts of the brain lighting up in attempt to wake up other parts of the brain. I don't know. That's, hmm. I just like read this once. So please take it with an enormous grain of salt. Um, but I found that very interesting about, you know, because our brains are electrochemical and migraines are related to unique patterns of electric electrochemical stuff happening in the brain. Um, and your brain, you need electrolyte balance for your brain to be signaling in that fashion, like appropriately healthfully. And so if you take a thwack of one electrolyte at once and are particularly sensitive or your blood brain barrier is particularly um, permeable uh, to whatever form of magnesium you're taking, you know, if you're taking magnesium three and eight, maybe particularly conducive to getting across the blood brain barrier. Um, then you could, there could be like a little bit of a, like a wave of, of electrochemical change. This is all just, again, me hypothesizing out into, so please take with grains of salt. Another thing that could be happening is that, um, magnesium is, is active at, um, in your, in your blood vessels and in your muscles, and therefore is relevant to the amount of pressure exerted in the blood vessels in your brain, which are also related to pain. So if you're taking a thwacking dose of magnesium, you know, isolated compared to everything else, then this is another place where you could experience a wave of change. And I would compare that to the feeling I have when I get in a really hot shower and I have a headache, because when I get in a really hot shower and I have a headache, it's like, instantaneous relief like and I feel my whole like the musculature around my head I'm I'm squeezing my head right now like I feel the whole thing like you know um it just like relaxes and so every time I have a really bad headache the first thing I do is get in the shower and then that gives me enough of like and that tension might come back but that gives me enough of breathing space to then like implement other strategies which might include exercising or meditating or you know deep breathing whatever yeah. um 
So those are, those are some thoughts I have about sites of action of how that could be happening for you, you know, but I definitely, if if you're experiencing this re- repeatedly, then, then it's a thing. And the, I don't think this, you know, if, if it's, if it's always a short-term thing and then you find that it's conducive to your flourishing in the long run, you know, cool. You might want to try to lower your dose or, or like, um, are you drinking, you're drinking your magnesium. You might want to drink it more slowly or drink it with a meal. If you want to see if that helps, um, you know, prevent the pain from happening because the magnesium will be absorbed no matter what, you know, so if it takes longer and doesn't hurt, that, that could be better for you, you know? Um, yeah. And I don't think, I don't think this is necessarily a sign that it's bad for you. Um, it, it could be, but it, my hunch is maybe not. Anyway. Interesting. All I, have to, thoughts. all I have to add to this is that um, I was like, oh, maybe she's taking magnesium three and eight, but you wouldn't necessarily drink that typically. And then I was looking into it and magnesium three and eight isn't the only one that can cross the blood brain barrier. For some reason, I thought it was. And you know why? After reading and researching, it's because of marketing. Like all the people uh, who, ha- you know, sell magnesium three and eight, which apparently I think it's patented or something that that form. So that's why it's so hard to find. You can't like just mm-hmm. use it. Um, it's very interesting. You know, I'm not actually taking magnesium three and eight anymore. Huh. Interesting. Well, mm-hmm. I, I'm a full it just believer happens that way. Rotation. But... Yeah. Um. So it's not the only one. There are a few others, but. Uh, there are some forms that can't, some forms that can. It's not necessarily that the forms that can't are problematic or wouldn't improve, you know, nerve transmissions or neuromuscular conduction or anything like that in terms of like improving how our brain functions. It's just that magnesium three and eight, like Stephanie said, can immediately cross the the blood brain barrier, which can have some like, especially if you're struggling with brain fog and all that kind of stuff that can help. Um, But the, the blood brain barrier, which everybody so wonderfully like boils down to BBB, um, which is more like B3, uh, is really selective and it only allows certain substances to cross from the bloodstream into the brain. The functions of that are really to protect the brain from toxins and pathogens and even, you know, neurotransmitters that could potentially be damaging to the neurons if the levels get too high. So it's a very wonderful system. Um, But to me, it's very interesting that certain things can cross the blood-brain barrier, especially with magnesium. It's basically what is magnesium bound to, um, which is, you know, glycinate, I would assume probably can't be because it's a protein. Um, But it's interesting to me that some, that you get that that experience and it's probably, I would assume it's probably, maybe it's like magnesium citrate or something like that. I think citrate can cross the blood-brain barrier. Um, that you feel that so instantly. I love the advice of taking it maybe with food or taking smaller doses. You can even split up the dose so you can do a little bit in the morning and a little bit in the evening um, and see if that helps a little bit. So that's all I got. Anything from you? No, that's great. It's um, very, very interesting about the, you know, the magnesium three and eight marketing. Not surprising. Supplement companies do. Um, great have- is that? very successful marketing strategies so yes yeah yeah thank you. much like the diet and fitness industry and then when you get the crossover of the diet and fitness industry and supplement companies you get i'm not even going to say it but you get some pink powder in a drink 
You said it. (laughs) I said it, but I didn't say it. Anyway, thanks guys for being here. We love spending time with you. Uh, For more from Stephanie at Stephanie Rupert on Instagram. For more from me at Coconuts and Cuddleballs on Instagram. We will talk to you next week.